With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And season four will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's going on today, my brother? Hey, KP, man. We are off to a phenomenal start to season four. We've had some great topics that we've already brought to the surface, and people are already starting to write in about topics. I mean, we got a lot of them coming. A lot of them. The inbox (laughs) is getting full. It sure is. We got to check that stuff on a regular basis now. When we first started, we could kind of like check it once a week. That's right. We can't do that anymore, right? So what we wanted to get this episode started with was from a note for help from one of our Secrets listeners. KP, if you wouldn't mind, would you uh, read that for us? Like, let's get this kicked off so we can get this help going. Yeah, yeah. So this note came in to us and it said, hey, KP and PR, I'm a faithful listener and I appreciate the advice and the secrets that you all provide for us. But I have a question that's been on my mind for quite some time. I went to a pretty good school and received an undergraduate degree in engineering and an MBA with a focus on marketing but I'm in what appears to be a dead end job. Mm -mm. I do not feel like I am stretching myself at all. And I feel like I'm essentially lost in the shuffle as I do not believe that I am on any succession plans for roles in my company. And I really want to bet on myself, but I'm not sure what to do. Can you fellas give me a little confidence to make a move or to take the next steps in my career? There has to be a better way to get to the next level. Man, oh man, we have all been in a place where this unpleasant vision was playing out right before our eyes, right? And it kind of resembled what our future was probably going to be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? And had it not been for a turn of events, opportunity, preparation, or just plain old luck, you know, we might not be able to be here today providing you with hopes and dreams to reach your career aspirations. Yeah. Well, today we got another gem for your secrets listeners. Someone who's here to provide a little motivation to course correct what we plan out for our listener who is brave enough to ask for help. Yeah. And we have an absolute pleasure to bring to our secrets family today, an outstanding advocate within corporate America, and especially to our community of practice that we always talking about, yep, the, village, yep. the village. So we welcome Grady Davis to the virtual stage today. And so before we get into the show, this brother has been laying brick after brick in corporate America for over 20 years in pharma and med tech. And I give you that visual because he literally has been behind the scenes. As we talked to Grady, he's been behind the scenes, mentoring and sponsoring so much talent, doing it 
kind of like the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. Behind that curtain, just making shit happen, right? And it's easy to take this kind of work for granted. I mean, I understand it because I'm kind of that same kind of MO as well, right? You're just doing a lot of stuff and not getting recognized, not getting seen. But he's been doing all of that while building his own career to the executive ranks as a global executive commercial marketing leader. So Secrets listeners, we bring you our brother, Grady Davis. Welcome to the show, Grady. Hey, Keith and Ricky. Thank you guys for having me. Look, it is an honor to be here. I call it some rare air. It's a secret <laughs> air. So thank you for having me. Seriously, I really am a fan of the show and what you guys are doing. You're doing some great work. So happy to be here. Hey, well, welcome, Grady. This is absolutely an honor for us to speak with you today. You know, sharing your story is something that we know without a doubt will inspire our brave listeners that wrote in for advice and other secret listeners who are struggling, you know, with the same dilemmas or crossroads in their careers. So y'all get ready today because like the great Tupac once said, this is about to be some of the realest shit we ever wrote. You know what I mean? Like, this is about to be good, man. This is about to be good. We, we got Tupac going already, man. This is good. <laughs> yeah, we know our brother Grady, and we want to make sure that y'all hear this story. <laughs> on that real quick, Ricky, too, and Keith, let me tell you, it's so funny. I'm so glad you mentioned Tupac on that one. Think about it. That song, if you don't know, the name of that song is uh, Against All Odds. So we think about a lot of our careers. Mm-hmm. We've all been there, right? We had to fight through some things against all odds. But man, that's, that's yeah. so good to hear. We're keeping it real over here. So keep, talk about it, man. Yeah, yeah. So in today's episode, we'll talk to Grady about his path to the top, his sponsorship journey, and some of the challenges and triumphs he faced while climbing to the top. We'll also discuss what it's like as a black man trying to do this thing, walking that corporate tightrope in corporate America while constantly having to prove yourself over and over again and kind of getting inconsistent credit along the way. As usual, we will provide some receipts. These receipts will be on representation levels of black and underrepresented executives in the sales and marketing function in corporate America. That's going to blow your mind and why being intentional with your career plan is important. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets today from Grady that will answer the questions posed by our listener at the beginning of the show aimed at how to jumpstart your career and a few others that will help you dream big about your own career aspirations. So here we go. So Grady, brother, so Grady, 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 can you please take a moment to bring our listeners up to speed on who you really are? What is your upbringing, educational background in your corporate leadership journey, man? Can you just take us through it? So absolutely, absolutely. Have it too. So I'll kind of go back to the the start. So I was uh, born actually Detroit, raised uh, outside of Cincinnati. That may be a whole nother show, fellas. It was a kind of some little Cincinnati <laughs> first black kid in, in the uh, elementary and junior high. So I got some stories to tell you on that one. But grew up outside of there. Mom and dad were hard on us. So I've got a younger sister, but fair. So it was good. And, and it's a blessing to have that. They're my best friends today. So yeah, really good, strong family life. From an education standpoint, undergrad, University of Toledo. I ran track and field up there for a couple of years, got a bioengineering degree, so a tech degree. I was working, I ended up getting an MBA at the University of Miami in Florida. The corporate side, so I've been ever curious since I started the corporate walk and journey. So I've done a lot of different things in the background. So from engineering for a little bit to sales, boy, you know, sales leadership, regional leadership. I had a chance to uh, do all different parts of marketing. I didn't just naturally curious. So upstream marketing, downstream, you know, led launches, launched different platforms. Took some time in uh, business development and strategy, just kind of round things out, a little bit of acquisition work. 
And then more recently, last three years, been a, a global VP of marketing and med tech space. So a chance to continue to just lead, uh, you know, the commercial side of it, product side and all marketing activities. So it's been a, a great run. The chapters are still uh, not written yet on what's next, but I'm having a blast and just enjoying uh, the opportunities that perform me. It's a blessing every day. That's cool. I mean, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to unpack in there. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. Amazing. Exactly. that's amazing. But that, that's an excellent foundation for getting our conversation going. And, you know, growing up as a STEM kid, you know, you biomedical engineer, what kind of black people do that? And getting that engineering degree, you know, you had a good job. You know, our parents always talk about the, getting that good job, right? And, and staying there. And you could have stayed. You probably could have stayed right there. So what kind of is that culminating event or what was kind of that point where you said, hmm, I want more than just kind of sitting here as an engineer and want to do something different and being intentional about it? And it's good to reflect back on those days. That's why I remember coming out. Bioengineering, believe it or not, was just kind of getting started. We were the first class out of uh, Toledo to get one. So a lot of the time in like Northeast Ohio, you spent time just telling you know people what engineer bioengineering was, right? They're like, are you industrial? <laughs> are you mechanical? I got a line over here because a lot of it was you know automotive sub suppliers and, and things like that. It was a little difficult, you know, landing that first gig. And you're right, you know, you get in, hey, things are good, you know, why why, why change? I got some rude awakenings, I'll tell you, when I came out. You come out in tech, you know, you think you could be running the company. Probably just <laughs> probably every period of time. I'm going to be the smartest kid in the room. I'm going to be running it. And then you get into corporate America, you realize, oh, wait a minute, you got, you know, marketing, you got sales, everybody else. I mean, in, in our world, in design work I was doing, industrial design was over engineering. So I'm like, man, I... I don't have the influence I thought that. <laughs> it was different. I wanted to understand what was happening. You know, you talk about the, the basement engineer. Our, our group was kind of in the, the ground floor of the building mm-hmm. and literally were kind of somewhere in the basement. And I always wondered what was happening on those higher floors. What was causing this decision? How do we know who's making a decision of what product we're going to be working on? Mm-hmm. I was always just curious and I had a chance actually. It's so funny. You know, well, one evening, you know, I'm heading out and I had my walking to my bright red Chery Ford Focus. Nothing wrong with that. It was a wonderful car, but probably not the car I wanted at the time. Hey, hey, hey Grady, trust me, we know Big Red is still sitting in the front yard right now. <laughs> you got you to pass, pass it down, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I look over and I, I see this guy, wasn't much older than me, and he's jumping into a nice BMW. And I just happened to ask him, hey, do you work at the company? He goes, I do. I'm like, what function or what do you do? Because I'm in sales. You know, light bulbs start going off my head. Like, I got it. I got to find out more about this sales thing. So I actually ended up taking him to lunch and he just kind of talked through, but it piqued that curiosity in me to say, you know, there's other things out here, other decision makers, other influencers that I probably should uh, get to know. So from there, I just wanted to go see what that could be like. And I find something that had a technical background, you know, leverage the med tech space uh, mindset, but also sales. How do I get that BMW one day? <laughs> <I get that. laughs> you know, the pharma industry came into view for me. And I like to say my best sales job to date was selling a pharmaceutical manager to hire a kid about a year out of school, no sales experience and an engineering degree. So that was my uh, first and one of the best sales jobs. I was probably scared, you know what, taking that first job, you know, you're going into a different world. You know, they're going to put you on videotape. You, you've got all these quotas and numbers you have to hit. It's just completely different than anything you see in the tech space. It pushed me out of the comfort zone. But you know what? I mean, the, the engineering degree, I'd say in the base of it is a problem solving degree. So whether that problem is, you know, how do you design these things on this other company or how do I go figure out a way to hit plan it is a problem that I had to go solve. So for me, it pushed me in a good way to do something different, test myself. And you know what? It worked out. 
first territory I had, I'll tell you, it was not easy because they didn't give me the best of it. Surprise. I was in the women's healthcare space and the territory, it was in Northeast Ohio selling birth control and Northeast Ohio is, is predominantly Amish. So you can imagine it was a hard sell. <laughs> it was a hard sell. But you know what? I, I was pushed and, and I found some ways to win and make it happen. And, and that's, I found just a, a love in the med tech space. And, and then from there, just grew. So I'd say, you know, that ambition to say, hey, maybe there's more, a little bit of, you know, fearlessness to just jump in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then also that curiosity, you know, you got to push yourself. If you don't, you know, I probably could have been still, you know, you know, in the same spot I was not fully realizing what I could have obtained. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's funny that you say that, like, I mean, I know we talk all the time and we crack jokes about trying to turn shit into sugar. Right. And that really is, you know, what you're doing, right? Like it takes a little bit of uh, courage, you know, to be able to do that. Right. It takes, you know, some of that foundation that you're talking about there as well. But ultimately when you're betting on yourself, you got to go for it. Right. Like, hey, there might not be no get back if this don't work. Like it's no fear, like not having any plan B, <laughs> you know, or plan C, if this don't, right. work, this don't work, <laughs> you know, exactly. so you got it, you got to, you got to do it. And I'm over here having PTSD, Grady, because I worked in Toledo for a little while. I worked in Detroit for a little while. So when you're talking about those areas, Northeast, Northwest Ohio, I'm just sitting here going, Lord have mercy. <laughs> That yeah. brother was on the struggle bus. There are some challenging days, man. There's some days you're like, what did I get myself into? But you're absolutely right, though. You know, both of you. I mean, sometimes you got to, when you know you don't have that fallback. Or, you know, in some ways you, you do, you can go back to it, but you knew you weren't maximizing everything you could do. Yeah. So there really yeah. was no going back. But if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail on my own steam and, and go try it. And if we win, we're going to win big. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's great about that, what you're talking about is like that unmet need, like, the territory was there or the problem was there and no one else could do it. Right. Or no one else wanted to risk, you know, their brand or this, that, and the other to do it. And you're like, I'll try it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's generally what happens. I'll try it. You know what I mean? So look, Grady. So I appreciate, you know, you sharing that story with us. Cause we all have like that culminating event. Like you see the guy not too, you know, much older than you getting in a nicer car and you, in a brave way, you know, go and talk to him about what he's doing and you take him out to lunch. The intentionality within your moves and your overall plan are a familiar tale for many of us. We all know that like that constant uphill battle within the journey can take, it can really just take something out of you at the end of the day, right? There's a price or a cost to the success that many of us don't really get a chance to enjoy or realize sometimes, right? Because we're so busy like going after it we don't really get a chance to kind of smell the flowers. Can you talk about some of the difficult moments you faced and how you overcame them? Was there like a time or various moments that you can think of when you felt like stepping away or maybe even just kind of throwing in the damn towel? You mean like last week? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I tell you, it doesn't get easier, right? So those those challenges get more and more. And but yeah, no, absolutely. In all seriousness, yeah, I mean, this was a hard times. I mean, you could think through just sales side, hey, tough quarters, right? Just trying to figure things out you know, on all mm-hmm. levels of it, or you know, attrition in your team, and what do you do to the backfill customers that just do things unplanned that you didn't expect from a corporate side or intern inside type roles. I mean, you know, managers that just you know, maybe it doesn't click with you. It doesn't get mm-hmm. there or mm-hmm. they're not laying down the right, a strategy that you can get behind all of that roles. Other people may have got that you felt, Hey, that was for me. I could have been there. Why did I not get that? Or why did I not get that opportunity? So yeah, those definitely exist on, on the daily. 
And I think that's just, that's part of the journey that we all have to walk through. But I think, you know, when you think about how to get through it and what you mentioned there, you know, one, there's probably some intrinsic things, just one, I'm a little stubborn, right? So, you know, I'm going to, you know, dig in and just get it set. I think that fortitude is going to be important just to, just to fight through because it, it is going to be part of what the frustrations will be part of what you have to deal with throughout corporate America. It's, it's just mm-hmm. part of it, how you manage it, how you navigate it. So get a little, little tough there. But the second is, is just being grounded in your value. Once you feel, I know we talked earlier, right? You know, you don't have any other options, right? If you feel like I can't go anywhere else, you you feel like you got to just kind of deal with it and just have to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. But once you know your value, when you know that, hey, wait a minute, I, I'm worth this, or I've got these options, I choose to be here. Once you ground yourself there, it helps you deal with the frustrations. Because as long as you feel that you're growing, you're being stretched, you're getting, you know, as much out of this uh, relationship with the company that, that you're giving in then you are willing to, to tolerate or fight through the frustrations for the payoff on the other side. I think that's an important part. And the other part too, I'd say is ha- having a village. I know you, you talked about it, what you guys are doing. Yeah, this is, hasn't been here. So there's so many <laughs> times, right, that you know, you've been in companies, you've been the only one. You have no village around you. So you know, having that, I mean, those who are listening, you have a community to connect into, do it because that's going to help you get through. I mean, there's times we just get together and just say, you know what? I mean, I just got to call and talk. And you just know, I got a debrief where I get on the next meeting. So having that village around you is important. If it's not at your company, you're going to have to get it external, the people around you who are dealing with similar things. It's really important. I say that that's a, a big part to help you manage and navigate the stresses. And, and it will only get harder as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked a little bit, you've moved around a lot, you know, and I know in the sales and having been in some of those crappy territories, you probably have a story or two about just a funny situation or a hard situation. Could you talk a little bit about some of the places you've lived and maybe a story that sticks out to you? <laughs> it's been some challenging ones. <laughs> I, I had to <laughs> try to pick which, which one to share. <laughs> What's nice now is that I think the conversation, I mean, around race and equity is commonplace today. We've had to have it. It's not, not good. The catalyst that drove us to have that conversation, but you know, we are having it. But you know, in those early days, you know, those in the sales side, I mean, people didn't talk about this. It was, you know, you just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I had one area I was uh, <laughs> and as a part of the country, I was in Central Florida and I had a clinical lead I was uh, on the team. <laughs> I had to go pick up some paperwork and she's like, oh you know what? I'll go get it. And I'm like, well, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm nearby here. Let me go do it. She's like, no, 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 no. Let, let me go get it. I wasn't picking it up at all. So I'm, driving. <laughs> I'm driving and, you know, it's getting more and more rule. And I kind of go down a dirt road and I go to uh, kind of pick up this paperwork in the, the sales area I was in at the time. There was, you had to get some um, paperwork to file with Medicare. So it, it did require occasional uh, meeting up with patients. So I'm like, oh, I'll just drop by and grab it. I pull up and I see, let's just say, quite a few flags that indicate <laughs> you're not welcome here. You saw the, you saw the no melanin flags, huh? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'll leave, I'll leave it that way. And I'm like, oh, then, then you get it. You're like, oh, got it, got it. And I mean, to the point, this particular patient decided that I no longer want your product. Now you're in a situation where, man, you're not only dealing with this, you are you're seeing where, you know, it's impacting your pocketbook too. And at a time where, you know, nobody talks about those things. Nobody talks about mm-hmm. it. That was tough. I mean, that was really tough. And she knew, like, she didn't comfortable enough to say, don't go there, that part right. of town. 
but that, that, that builds attention, right? Cause you're obviously frustrated, like, you know, man, you know, in ways, you know, one to dealing with that too, feeling like you just lost a sale. Right. And, and it was, it was critical. Those are tough things. And if you don't have that team around you to be able to talk to about that, that makes it really hard. So yeah, I think, you know, fighting through some of those things and, and just again, finding, Hey, is there something on the other side? Why am I dealing with this? You know, you can go on that pathway. Like I shouldn't have to go and drive to someone's house anyway, or you can get negative and it can put you in that space to say, you know what, you know, I'm out of here, but, you know, weighing back on it, looking at it saying, you know, there's a lot of good things here in this company at the time I am going to stick with it. But I tell you, having a couple of people I could have called and sharing that story and laughing about it yeah. at the time, but it made it a lot easier. That's just one that comes to mind. No, and I, and I appreciate you sharing that uh, that story. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like if we're summarizing, like even like that story or even like your experience so far, some of this shit ain't in the handbook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got to figure this stuff out. And if we're talking about being first generational corporate mm-hmm. Americans, we can't go to mom and dad sometimes and talk about this story because they don't know, you know, like what we're going through because they went through whether it be civil rights movements mm-hmm. and, you know, this, and it was just different for them. So, again, this is why it's important for us to talk to you and for us to share your story, because other people are going through this and they need to know. I'm not the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm not the first one. Yeah. And I was having those flashbacks too. Before you meet somebody for the first time and you're talking to them on the phone or you've had a relationship, they have no idea what you look like or anything like that. And then you walk into the room and it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have all had that moment, yeah. right? As a black person who, oh, yeah. who can and speak and American English. Name Brady, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely doesn't people for a loop for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, Ricky and I have spoken a lot about sponsorship and allyship and how that's been so important in getting to the top. That's one of those secret sauce things Mm -hmm. um, that people really don't understand because without that level of support, it's almost impossible to get to the top. So what has been your experience just in terms of sponsorship and what did it look like for you and how it helped your career? Yeah, you know, and it's critically important. And, you know, I remember, you know, reading all the articles and stories around, you know, sponsorship versus, uh, you know, mentorship and advising. But sponsorship is critical, you know, and it's critical because it, I say sometimes it's like the dark horse that just comes in. You know, that mentor relationship, I mean, you're working with somebody, there's things you're bringing forward. Some of those sponsors, you just don't, I mean, you just don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're going to, you know, implement, you know, play their card. But having those people ready, those sponsors ready to do that. And then as you elevate in career, thinking of when, you know, you need to do that same thing is really important too. But for me, I mean, that, that opened the door, sponsorship opened the door for, you know, me getting to the vice president ranks. And it came from an unlikely source. You know, I, I was in the trenches with an executive, with a president, uh, we are working on uh, an acquisition, acquisition fell through. I said, no, I think this is the right space to be in and, and fought to get something else back on the hook. And I think he was impressed with just the sticking with it, that you're going to fight to do this, you're standing with it, and then moving with speed and urgency to get another deal, probably even a better deal, honestly, uh, done. So I think that that impressed him. I didn't directly report to this president, but he saw that. And, and obviously the, the nature of the assignment I was given, it was on his radar. So, you know, little did I know other than saying, hey, good job on your review. You know, we got the deal done, all those successes that kind of came with that. He was being asked of somebody who could be a lead, a commercial VP lead for, you know, a business uh, that was in turnaround mode. And, you know, that what he saw from me and then getting, you know, asked around, hey, who could be a good leader for, you know, for that role, put me on his mind. And he said, no, this is the guy. And, you know, he put forward political capital and said, no, this is the guy you need to hire. And uh, in a division that wasn't inside of his control. 
little that I know behind the scene. And all of a sudden I get a call out of nowhere, division. I honestly had to look up in the company, like, Oh, we, we own this. I didn't even know. Even had it. <laughs> <laughs> little did you know that they got your name on the radar. Of course, you get an interview and go, you know, go win the job, but that that's sponsorship right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it came from, you know, some things that I impressed in that person, that individual at a time that I, I didn't realize what the payoff would be. And of course that, that was, you know, definitely, you know, a huge impression and in, in, in change in my career, but also, you know, I, I see the importance of also, connecting those dots as well. Cause I felt like I was the right fit for that role and we had good success in that one. The other thing that, that comes to mind in that sponsorship and, and mentorship world is also listening to it. You know, I know I'm thinking of this, but you know, especially maybe more, more on mentorship. And I'd say even, even some sponsors, you know, cause some sponsors are known sponsors. Mm-hmm. There's times where, you know, I probably with people are telling me things and, and maybe you know, I was hearing you, like I, I wasn't hearing it, like really, really listening. And, and I've always for a long time was put the head down, work hard, work hard. And I had some, you know, mentor sponsors, right. That points are like, you know, no, you got to get your head up out of the work day to day. And you got to be there for the people, right. We got to see that mm-hmm. this is a village. We got to see you paying that forward as well too. You know, and you start thinking like, oh, that's politics. That doesn't really, is that going to make a difference? But, you know, corporate America is, it's a people business. This is a people thing, right? And especially what we're dealing with, you got to get back to your community. You got to be there for people and people need to see that. And once you start paying that outwards, people see you not only dealing with the challenges in your job, but also being a good person connecting with people, helping that just knocks over doors faster than you believe. So I, I also will say, you know, with the sponsorship mentorship, Take that reflection that you're really listening. I was hearing what people were saying, but it wasn't like seeping in. And when it started to seep in, plus the right sponsor saying, you know, this is the person, this is the time that just makes it right there. So it's critical and we got to give it back. Yeah, yeah, no, that's powerful, man. I mean, I think in back to, again, your story and, you know, it's kind of connecting the dots here. Like it started with you doing the work. But you didn't get there by yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you absolutely didn't get there by yourself. And I appreciate you you speaking to that. Can you tell our listeners? Because Keith and I talk about this stuff all the time, right? Like when you get that first VP job or that first chief job, and what we tend to see, and again, we're not making it up, we don't always get the best or the most coveted roles, right? We have to literally, like we were talking about it earlier, against all odds, you know, we were talking about turning it into sugar, you know, and these things we get failing, fledgling startup, you know, this, that, and the other, we get things with limited resources and all of those things. So, so if you can, but you got it right. So if you can go back and think about what was it like when you got that first VP role, did you feel like you had arrived? Like what other perks did you receive by way of maybe board seats, community opportunities, or even just special acknowledgement from friends and family. I know they was calling. I know, I know that David's phone was ringing and you might have like, if it was like my family, they might've been like, Hey, let me hold uh five or $10. Like, hey, 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 I just like a LinkedIn change. Can I, can I get it? <laughs> we know you got oh, it. Money. We know you got it. Well, first I'll say, you know, you know, on the family side, you know, mom's had to get her promotion gift too. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, that was, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, yeah, I, I burst you in, you know, you got to break mom off here a little bit. Uh-huh. What you talked about, Ricky, is real. We do a lot of times get the challenge role, mm-hmm. you know, the turnaround. I mean, I know that's, that's, that was my opportunity, right? Getting in on the turnaround. It is tough, right? It, it is tough. You're dropping in, house is on fire. You know, for me, leadership team, half of them quit within six months. So, I mean, it, it was not the chance to like sit back and be like, yeah, I'm here. It was like, get it and jump in and keep working. I'm like, you almost had a feeling for a minute. Like, did, did I get promoted? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know like it. 
you know, I've had some, some blessed opportunities and, and was able to take a, a different role after that, that first kind of you know, VP level role, a different one. And I had somebody ask me a really good question in one of the final, you know, kind of interview rounds for that second role I took. And they said, how are you going to be different in this new opportunity? And that was a good one for me to think about and reflect on. And then what I go back to thinking of, you know, kind of the house on fire and that first, you know, kind of executive level role to think in the sec- next and one next one of, you know, how will I be different? And I think you do need to pause. It doesn't matter how much fire is on the building because the fire was there before you got there. Yeah, <laughs> it's still yeah. going to be there a little bit. Take some time, let the weight of that office, let the weight of that jacket kind of settle in a little bit. And I think you really reflect on some intentional moves that you want to take, taking the time to assimilate, right? And what you need to do, calling that network of people that have been there and getting the advice on what do they have to do? Yes, there's some urgent things you got to jump on, but you need to take that time to assimilate into that role because that's going to be important for you going forward. It is easy to jump in and get stuck into firefighting and you don't really get a chance to to lead. And that's what you're there for too as well. I mean, you are there to lead that organization, to lead that function. To do that, you've got to come in in a stable base and that takes time. And that's baked into the role mm-hmm. and into the transition. You got a plan, right? You got to sit back and do your work. But that time to be intentional, a time to develop a true onboard strategy, you know, a true action plan, that needs to happen. And you can't do that while you're you know, building the cards on fire, while you're, while you're, <laughs> while you're running down the road. That is important. That's something that I, I say I, um, I was a learning lesson from that first role to the next one. And it is important time. Got it. Got it. No, that's cool. And we got one more question for you. And when you were, you were reflecting back earlier in terms of you were doing your thing, heads down, balls to the wall kind of a thing. But then you got the advice of, hey, you got to lift yourself up, lift your head up a little bit and start to think about the people, think about the community, think about your mentoring, who you're bringing to the table. And, you know, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world for the last couple of years, racial tension, COVID, just all kinds of stuff. So I'm just curious Being a Black executive, we've also had to struggle with a lot of trauma, stress, tokenism, all that nonsense that goes on um, that we are dealing with. What has it been like you in terms of being a leader and leading through all of this, leading through these times? And what have you done kind of community-wise, just in terms of, you know, getting engaged and doing some of those things just to help in the struggle? Yeah, no, no. And it, it has been just, as we all know, just unprecedented times and that there is no playbook, like you both said, in these times. I think it does go back to being you know, grounded in, in who you are. I mean, yeah, look, let me tell you, just to put it out there, you're going to deal with a lot, right? There's going to be the microaggressions. There's going to be the, you've got this role simply because of you know the color of your skin. All that's going to be there. People are going to think that. And honestly, you got to let it roll off your back. I mean, you just do. It's, it's going to affect you. I'm not saying it's not going to hit you. It does. But you will waste a lot of good, positive energy just trying to, to play to that. You got to move beyond that. Now, how, right? It's not, it's not easy. It does go back to, I don't want to overplay this, but the village is real. If you do not have somebody who you can, you know, can get that mental respite from, if you don't have somebody that you can talk to, people who have been there dealing with the same things, call me. Seriously, we're here. I'll take the call. Look me up on LinkedIn, ping me. I mean, I'm there. Someone had to do that for me. That is important. I don't want to underplay that. Another part too, I'll say that that is important. You know, don't, we can't apologize for the numbers and the stats and where they are. So, you know, if you're in an organization, hopefully an organization that that is couching diversity, inclusion, equity the right way and saying, hey, here's the numbers, here's the benefit of the organization and why we're talking about these things. If not, you know, you're going to have to, you know, work on that or, or consider, hey, is it the right place for you to keep your talents and skills? 
the numbers are there. They're black and white. Let's not hide them. Most uh, organizations are looking at, you know, or organizational surveys or looking at just stats, benchmarking themselves to others. And you can't deny where the numbers are. So it should give you some goal being moving in a positive direction. So I say, hey, have, having the community connect in with looking at the numbers, facts don't lie. Here's what we are. There's a reason for it. And just be un- unapologetic about that. And then you keep your focus right on what you need to deliver. Uh, the last part is, you know, you know, let's play our part. You know, some of the most rewarding parts of my day, you know, we have a, a pretty advanced uh, employee resource group network at the company I'm at now. And we have just different community check-ins. There's, there's times to work with people. People will call and just want mentorship, want advice. And that's time I work with my admin. She knows like when she sees that come across, like I will make time for that person, right? It not only helps that individual, but it, it helps me probably more than it helps them. Mm-hmm. It recharges you, allows you to get back in. But also, you know, you hear things, right? That you, you, you may need to react to. And sometimes it is going to be uncomfortable. That is part of it. And I will say that, you know, we probably shouldn't be the only people that are uncomfortable about it. Sometimes that uncomfortable, that those learning lessons on both sides are healthy. Let's not be afraid of that, right? And we have just a conversation, just like we do in pitching a strategy or, you know, or, or pitching, you know, a, a new product launch. You can look at some numbers and say, these are the facts in the organization. Here's some things I think we can do about it. And oh, by the way, I'm willing to also, you know, put, you know, my energy and effort into it as well. Who's with me? I think if you take that approach, you'll find that you'll get more advocates than, you know, than detractors and also keep you in the right space so you could, you know, stay focused on what you need to deliver. Man, Grady, 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 man, I'm over here cheesing because it's like you're over here dropping science, right? And we, we ain't even got to the secrets, you know, yet, right? You know, we're just talking about what you've invested into your own career, but how you're leveraging, you know, opportunities that you've been able to get and how you're kind of giving back, right? I think this is amazing. And I know without a doubt, like our listeners will appreciate, you know, what you're talking about, your story, you know, all of those things. But, you know, I think sometimes people think we'd be making shit up great. You know what I'm saying? And this is the part where we come back, you know, to the facts, right? Like if it wasn't for these receipts that we're talking about, that we're getting ready to speak about, there would not be secrets. (laughs) Okay, so so Keith, if you can, let's just go ahead and just pause for a minute and start talking about some of these receipts. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Grady, when you were talking about diversity numbers and how it's fact in this data, and it, it is what it is, and it reminded of me of our conversation we had with Anton Vincent last season, where he basically said, hey, diversity is a fact. Inclusion is a choice. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. right? The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. That's lie. diversity, but... If your company isn't trying to include you in the conversation, that's when you need to decide if that's the place for you at the end of the day. So just to summarize what the receipts we're going to talk about today, we're going to show you, we're highlighting another unicorn today with Grady, right? We're talking about, you know, what it's like to be a Black executive in the sales and marketing function at the top. So we're going to share some receipts on that, and we'll share some receipts on the disparities and promotional opportunities, how those disparities continue to plague underrepresented employees. Mm, So look, man, receipt number one. According to a recent Bureau of Labor Statistics survey, there are approximately 554,000 marketing managers in the U.S. Of that large number, 61% are women and 84% are white, 5.5% are black, 7.6% are AAPI, and 10% are Latinx. So again, we're talking about the unicorn status here, 
like we ain't just talking to Grady just for the sake of talking to him, right? Like we're talking to him because it is rare. We're talking 5% here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So yeah. again, this is a, a great opportunity for us to bring this you yeah. know, to the forefront. No doubt. And then you think about marketing as a function, if these stats hold up. So what do you think the marketing messages are going to be that we're all getting? Yep. You know, all of those things that just go into it at the end of the day. And that's the marketing piece. Let's talk about the sales side. So receipt number two, that same survey showed that there are approximately 521,000 sales managers in the U.S. Here, only 31% of sales managers are women, Mm -hmm. but 88% are white. So this is white men doing the work now. Yep. 6% are black, 4% are AAPI, and 8% are Latinx. So again, Connecting those dots, people who are selling to you and then people who are messaging you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. We didn't even go into like the functions, right. like the industries and whatnot, because <laughs> the numbers get even paler. Right. Probably like all, in pharma or med. Yeah. All <laughs> puns intended. They get paler. OK, when you uh, even go there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, right. when you think about it, receipt number three. According to a recent survey from the ANA's Alliance for Inclusive and Multicultural Marketing, Asian representation continues its strong trends relative to their proportion of the U.S. population at nearly two times representation versus its representative population. However, African-American, Black, and Hispanic Latino are significantly underrepresented, each at half or less than that its population for representation. So again, it doesn't quite add up right. when you talk about and, and again, we talk, we always hear these excuses. That's right. Can't find the talent. They just not out there. I mean, we're talking about it's way more of <laughs> underrepresented individuals that you're really just okay. not even looking for. That's right. That's <laughs> right. The numbers are there. The numbers. You are not looking. That's right. Not hard enough. Receipt number four, that same report shows that there is still a ways to go at the top of the marketing chain, which is where the action happens, right? Only 13.7% of CMOs are ethnically diverse and 28.5% of senior managers are non-white and 33% of entry-level roles in marketing are filled by non-white employees. So it starts at the beginning and gets worse. And we've seen this time and time again. You come in, the numbers start big, and as as you the further you go up to the top, mm-hmm. you see all the snow yeah. on the peaks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. you should too. <laughs> oh man! All right, y'all got excuse, Keith. He over here. He, he feeling it now. You you know this is our part over here, boy. Keith's gonna find that. He gonna find that that receipt. You know for you. And I look, we you know, joke around about, you know, some of these things, but it's serious, Mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about systemic, you know, seriousness, Mm -hmm. you know, here. We're talking about the influence on the economy. We're talking about the influence on corporate leadership, you know, and whatnot. All of these things are important here. And again, if you really want to make something happen, you got to do the work. Yes. Okay. You absolutely got to do the work and it starts at corporate. So look, Keith, we're going to jump into this secrets part. And since we have our brother Grady, On the show today, we have a special dose of secrets for you. 
We're going to let him answer the questions posed by our listener aimed at jumpstarting their career. Then we'll ask him to share a few additional secrets today to help us all dream big about our own aspirations. Again, mm-hmm. Grady was in his car. He, he was in his big red, big red you know, right. and he was dreaming big, right? <laughs> so, Grady, let us start with being able to ask, you know, this question, you know, yeah. for you. And we'll start with uh, the dilemma that our listener originally started this whole program off with that got this started. So what can that listener do to stretch professionally? to increase their own executive development from your standpoint? I boil this one down. I'm so glad this is the part I, I always enjoy when uh, listening to your show, right? When the listeners call in to get the answer. So thank you for giving me some of these questions. Mm-hmm. You know, is intentionality. That, that's the, the one thing I'll say, you know, I had to learn that lesson too. You know, again, it's just, you know, chewing up all things are thrown to you, doing good work. You got to pick that head up too and be intentional what you want to do. And I think the, you know, what I mean by that is the, it's probably the reflection of, you know, I'd say ability versus experience. And I'll tell you some, some tricks that I used. I was a collector when I started feeling like, okay, to get ahead, I'm probably going to have to be a little more intentional and, and strategic about how I do this. I would collect a job description. So, you know, inside the company, outside the company, wherever it is, and look through them. And I'd make this list of like, hey, you know, can I do that? And I should have a lot of checks. So yeah, I got the ability to do that. On the other side of the list was, have I done that? So that was that ability versus experience. And as I started finding roles that I'm checking off more Great. I know I'm ready to go jump on that. If I found you know big gaps and where I want to be maybe two levels up, then I now know on that development plan, I need to take those things in that job description, put them in my development plan. Like I want to go do strat plan this year. Who raised their hand for that? But I keep seeing on these job descriptions, they want somebody with strategy experience. So let's go get that. Or acquisitions. Well, I don't have that. How do I go get that? I want to go do that next. So it helped me really get this roadmap of not just the ability, because we can all do a lot, don't get me wrong. But that reflection of, you know, experience, and that's how you get the jobs. You get the jobs as you broker in experience, convincing people that, you know, I have the set of experiences that can help me take on the next set of experiences that you're going to give me. That's how you get the role. So being really grounded in, you know, one, what you can do, know your abilities, and then also those experiences, um, those are things I'd say listeners should uh, really focus mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And I appreciate, you, you know, you saying that because, I mean, I, I absolutely believe that the things that you said just mentioned a second ago are critical. And I know that those will be able to help people get on multiple succession plans. They'll be able to help people elevate and accelerate, you know, their careers. I mean, this is just honestly like just outstanding advice, Grady. And now that I'm thinking about it, I really wish I could have received that much, much earlier in my career, right? Because it's almost like the blind leading the blind, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But what additional secrets would you like to provide to our listeners about Dreaming big, you know, when it comes to our own career aspirations. I mean, I think there's so many gems that you dropped for us, you know, earlier. You know, are there any specific items that you'd like to maybe leave us with now? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I mean, in reflecting back on it, it's always fun just kind of talking over the history. You guys are just a blast to, to connect with. So I'm just I'm so happy to be here on this show. Uh, let me tell you, that I think, you know, three things you know come to mind for me. You know, one, especially maybe thinking through marketing or whatever profession that you're in and you're listening in on. You know, we, we are professionals. I mean, I've, I've had the, uh, the blessing of working in the med tech space for you know 20 years, and I've always been impressed with physicians. And think about it, you know, they're out saving lives, doing great work. They will take time away from that, and they will go Congress. They will take, like, no, I'm not going to be in my practice. I'm going to get on a plane, fly somewhere, take my continuing education credits, Congress to other peers, find out what's working, what's not. There is that level of professionalism. I think we've got to think of it, be it you're in marketing or engineering, whatever it is, take that time to get out 
sharpen some of those skills. It gives you a nice break. It gives you a good perspective, industry conferences, peer groups, whatever that may be. I think we've got to, those maybe us in, in non-technical or medical like physician type roles need to take more time into sharpening our skill set. That's what got us here. That's a profession. That's our trade. Um, that's important. And you learn so much from doing that. You know, the next thing I'd say is um, maybe back to that corporations being about people. And I don't care what corporation it is, it's about people. So, you know, finding a way to serve that corporate community, you know, again, if it's an employee resource group, if it's finding, you know, you know, for me, I do quite a bit of work in our, our African descent network at the organization I'm in that allows me to serve my corporate community and, get, and give back. That's important. Our women's network, I do a lot of work there too as well. Serve it. That shows a different side to you in the organization. It is a tiebreaker sometimes when it comes to like roles, everybody's good. And how do we make the difference? People like working with people that they know. And you break down those barriers, you get to know people, you realize this is a people business, period. That's how you unlock a lot of other secrets that are out there. That's how you find things out. And it's important. The last thing, it's some advice that I was given earlier in career, kind of explore those degrees of freedom. This leader told me, you kind of think of it as you're younger in career, you got a lot of degrees of freedom. You don't have to figure out everything you want right now. It's also important to find some areas you don't like. Role, there's roles I've taken that are like, I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you move along in career, you know, the degrees of freedom, they do start to come in. So, you know, continue to explore it early, you know, kind of figure that out, learn, bump your head, figure things out. But, you know, start to get to a good sense of, hey, here's where my skill sets and experiences are taking me. It'll help you um, as you, you know, become more focused and as you become more intentional as you explore those degrees of freedom early on and bring it forward. So, man, oh man, <laughs> crazy. Dropping it over here, dropping, dropping mics all over the place, man. Gems, <laughs> Diamonds flowing everywhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, that was amazing advice. We know everybody's going to benefit for not only these secrets you shared, but all the things you shared along the way throughout this entire episode. And we sincerely thank you for being on the show today because you, I mean, Man, you were bringing it. So we appreciate you. So thanks for being on the show. It is my pleasure, guys. This has been just a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy. And I'm such a fan of what you do. You are, I don't know if people have told you enough, you're changing lives, what you do. People don't know how to get this information. And we, just because we had to bump our heads, doesn't mean the next generation needs to. So what you're doing is the work that should be happening. So thank you. That's great. And if you want to find more resources on the secrets and receipts that we shared today, you can go to our website, secrets.com. Look in those show notes that Janelle always puts together for us. So there's some more treats in there. And, you know, Grady's information is in there too. So you can reach out to him. Yeah. And look, Grady, uh, I just want to take some up this opportunity just to thank you as well. I mean, we really, really appreciate you being a loyal supporter of secrets from day one. Okay. You one of our day ones and we appreciate it and more importantly for being part of our secrets community of practice i also want to give a very very gracious shout out to all of our listeners and fans out there because you all continue to stand up and support us with open arms and again this topic came from a dilemma a scenario that someone had Mm -hmm. and we took this and we wanted to make sure that it's still meaningful yes you know to uh individuals so last thing that i'll say is please 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 be sure to write a review on Apple or buy some uh, of that merchandise, man. That merchandise is looking good. (laughs) It's looking good. And in fact, take a picture with you in that gear and post it in our LinkedIn, Facebook, or even on our Twitter pages. And and, and let's just see, you know, what everybody likes, okay? (laughs) Absolutely. And I'll do our PR and I have a lot of fun on this podcast. At the end of the day, we want to help you keep getting that paper. Because that's what we're all about at the end of the day, getting you that paper, getting your seat at the table and 
already in just a short time that we've been together, we've already helped people get an additional $1.2 million in total compensation increases in this village since we launched this baby. So that's what it's all about. So again, we can help you check out our coaching services. We are here for you. Give that advice to take you along on your journey. And look, we want to uh, thank our brother Grady Davis one last time for lacing us with so much great, authentic game about how to succeed in corporate America, how to dream big, how to bet on yourself. But for now, I'm going to try to convince Grady to give me the recipe for that drink he's been sipping on during this show, <laughs> that truth serum. So until the next time, everyone, thanks so, so much for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions. And we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!